Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Have your Bibles. I hope you bring your Bibles to church with you. Why don't you put your finger on 1 Samuel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be in 1 Samuel and give you a little story, and then Luke, the 8th chapter. So one in the Old Testament, one of the New Testament uh, you can grab both of those passages. If you didn't bring a Bible with you or don't know where they are, you can uh, take a look at the screen. I- I'm doing this series, I told you, because the most asked question I get as a pastor is, what do I do next? Now, we're a church of next steps. We talk about taking next steps all the time. Uh, matter of fact, we've arranged our whole church around you taking next steps to know God and find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference with your life. Our whole church is around that, but oftentimes we kind of get stuck because I don't know what to do next. Anybody ever just needed God to make it plain for you? Anybody else but me ever needed God to make it plain? God, just write it in the clouds somewhere. God, just unscramble this this cartoon I'm watching and somehow speak to me right now through Daffy Duck. God, do it, Lord. Speak to me. I need a word. Tell me what to do next. I'm driving down the road looking at billboards trying to decipher. God, maybe you want me to do that. God, do you want me to call Jeff Davis? 444-4444. God, is it four? Am I supposed to be four? What am I supposed to do? (laughs) God, what am I supposed to do with my life? Anybody know what I'm talking about there? God, I just need direction here. How do I hear from God? How do I know the voice of God? And listen, we're in a culture today where there's more voices that are vying for your attention than maybe at any other time in human history. You have more opportunity for input. As a matter of fact, I heard an interview from the great prophet John Mayer the other day who said, you know him, you know some books he's read. Anyway, uh, uh, John Mayer said, and this is true. I I thought this was pretty profound from an entertainer. He said, we're, we're not created to get all the input that we, that we receive. That you were not created and humans were not made to get seven and a half billion people access to our spirits. But because of the internet, you're connected to the whole world. So everybody has an opinion. Everybody has a voice. And we live in a culture that tells you all voices are equal. Well... I'm rising up on the first Sunday of March and the first Sunday of this new series to tell you all opinions are not equal. All truth is not equal truth. All voices don't have the same weight. I need and you need as a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to know I don't care what you think about it, I want to know what God says about it. I don't care what culture says about it. I want to know what God says about it. I don't care what the world tells me to do. I want to know what God wants me to do. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Maybe God's telling me something. You ever had that discussion? I've done it many times. I've woke up in the middle of the night and said, Brandy, I think the Lord's talking to you. It happened last night. I had a dream last night. I hadn't told her about it. And I've woke up sometimes. Sometimes the Lord speaks to me in dreams. I like to think He talks to me in visions because the Bible said that old men dream dreams. So I'm, I'm thinking young men have visions. So anyway, but I, I had a dream. And sometimes I think, God, is that you? Taco Bell, is that you? <laughs> you, know, you ever done that? Is it the enchiladas talking, Lord, or is it you? Is it the queso right now? Or is that the Holy Spirit in my life trying to give me direction? Anybody know what I'm talking about? I need direction in my life. 
I need to know how to raise godly kids in an ungodly culture. I need to know how to stay married to the same woman for the rest of my life. That one, if you're wondering. (laughs) The wife of my youth, my first wife. I'd like her to be my last wife. And it's not going to be because I listened to what culture said about my marriage. I need the voice of God in my life. I'd like to pastor this church till I'm done pastoring this church. I'd like to build buildings and plant campuses and hire staff and expand our ministry reach. But I don't want to do it on my own. I want to hear from God. I need to be spirit-led. I don't want to be Mitch-led. I don't want to be world-led. I want to be spirit-led. I need to know and understand and hear the voice of God. Shout amen to that, everybody. And if you follow Jesus, I know you want the same thing. And you may be facing a decision in your life, a choice to make. What do I do next? Am I supposed to marry him? Am I supposed to marry her? You don't even need God's voice for this. If he don't have a job and he plays Fortnite all day, don't marry that brother. Come on, somebody. Are you with, if she don't serve on the dream team, she ain't for you. Keep one eye open during the offering and see if he tithes. If that joker don't tithe, he ain't for you. You don't need God's voice for that. That's just good thinking, all right, everybody? I'm just helping you along the way. But you need to know, am I supposed to move? Am I supposed to take this job? What college am I supposed to go to? We have a lot of young adults and some are graduating this season. And I love, as a matter of fact, in just a couple of weeks, some of our young adults are headed to a Bible college to look at ministry school. I think that's amazing, by the way, everybody, that they feel the call of God. Listen, that didn't happen because they were flipping through some guidance counsel or something that gave. They got it because God's call on their life. You need to hear the voice of God. You need to know about who you're marrying. You need to know about the decisions you're making. You need to know how to raise teenagers. Can I get a better amen, everybody? I need the voice of God in my life. If you have your Bibles, let me give you the theme verse for our time together over the next couple of weeks. Proverbs 3 and 6 says it like this in the message paraphrase of the Bible. It says, listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everybody shout everything. Listen for God's voice in everything you do and everywhere you go. Now, I know some of you are Bible scholars, so I looked up the word everything and everywhere in the Hebrew, and I found that it means everything and everywhere. (laughs) I need the voice of God in everything and everywhere. Say amen to that. There's no part of my life where I think, no, I, I'm good. I got it, God. No, I can do this. No, I can be a better leader. No, God, I, I, I've got leadership tools. I, no, God, I, I, I got other places I can get. This. No, God, I can go to marriage. No I, no, I can read a parenting book. There's no area of my life where I don't need God's voice. I need the voice of God in everything I do and everywhere I go because He's the one who will keep you on track. That's what I want for your life. I want you to hear the voice of God. Here's the good news. Because of Proverbs 3 and verse 6, you're able to know this. The good news is God is always speaking. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write that in your notes if you're taking notes today. God is always speaking. He's talking to us. And any faith tradition and any notion and any religious upbringing that tells you That no, that doesn't happen anymore. God doesn't speak to people anymore. God doesn't call people anymore. You can't hear the voice of God. I'm telling you, that's a lie. 
God is a speaking God and you can hear the voice of God for yourself. Say amen to that. You need to know the voice of God. I am not the Holy Spirit. Brandy reminds me of that occasionally. You should remind your husband of that every once in a while. I'm not the Holy Spirit, but I have the Holy Spirit and you have the Holy Spirit and you can hear from God for yourself. God can speak to you. God can lead you. God is a speaking God. The third verse of this Bible starts with, In the beginning God spoke. He said, let there be light. He didn't fling it. He didn't flick it. He didn't reach in his pocket and throw it out like fairy dust. He opened his mouth and spoke it into existence. And from that moment until this moment, we serve a speaking God. Say amen to that. There wasn't a time in history when God goes, I'm good. That's enough. You got all you need. No, the Bible says God wants to speak to you. I want to help you discern the voice of God in your life. I want to do it around a couple of stories today. The first in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel. If you have your Bibles, flip there. 1 Samuel, the third chapter. I'll give you some background while you're flipping there in your Bible. Samuel is a little boy. He's probably 12 or 13 years old, most theologians believe. Hannah is his mother. God had given this little boy to this mama who had prayed. She was infertile. She struggled with infertility, wanted a baby so desperately, and she promised the Lord, if I, if I have a baby, if you give me a baby, I'm going to give him back to you. As a matter of fact, Every Memorial Day and Labor Day weekend, we do baby what we call baby and child dedications. This Memorial Day, we'll do it, and we'll dedicate our children back to the Lord. We get that from the story of Hannah and her son Samuel. and She gives Samuel back to the Lord. She literally gives Samuel to the work of God. So Samuel's 12 years old, and he actually lives at church. He lives in the house of God. Let me pause here and tell you, I'm thankful to God that I was raised in church. Now, I know some of you, that's not your story, and I'm glad you're here. Some of you, you got here as quick as you could. Some of you, it took you a little while. You know what I mean? It took you 30, 40 years to figure out God. But I'm, I'm thankful that, that I want to raise my kids. Somebody asked me one time, Pastor, are you worried about your kids? Worried? Are you worried about how much time they spend at the church? Are you worried they're ever going to resent the Worried? No, I'd be worried if they didn't want to be in church, everybody. I'm not worried. I bring them here because this is the safest place in the world for them. I'm not worried. I bring them here because they love God. I've raised them to love the house of God. Say amen to that. So I, I, I'd let them live here. Sometimes I want them to live here. Come on, somebody. Samuel's living. The high priest is Eli. Eli has this apprentice. Samuel, and that's where we pick the story up. 1 Samuel 3. Verse 3 said, The lamp of God had not yet gone out. In other words, the light's still on. Samuel lays down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. I, I wish I had time to preach that to you. That's what I want for your young person, by the way. If you want to know what our vision for student ministry and kids ministry is, it's that right there. That Samuel lies down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God is. That our kids and our young people and our young adults and teenagers, that they're comfortable with the presence of God. That they get, I want to raise my kids comfortable with the presence of God. Say amen to that. 
So Samuel's comfortable. He's lying down. The ark of the Lord's there. It's nighttime, verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel. Then the Lord called Samuel. I want you to circle Samuel in your Bible. And off to the side in the margin, I want you to write your name. And the Lord called Sue. And the Lord called Jack. And the Lord called Madeline. This is the kind of church that believes. And I'm the kind of preacher, I think I have a few anointings on my life. This is one of them. To look at you boldly and squarely in your eyes and tell you, you are not an accident. You didn't find this church by accident. You didn't marry who you married by accident. You didn't get the job you got or graduate from the college you graduated by accident. But from the time that you were born, the Lord knew you and He has a calling on your life. God called every person in this room and every person at church online. You are not meant to just live your life consume and die. You are not just meant to accumulate, build, grow, and inherit. You are meant to live out the calling of God on your life. You got purpose in your life. You can have direction in your life. God called Samuel. Shout amen to that. Why do you let young people lead worship? Because God can call 12-year-olds. Why are you empowering dream teamers at 15, 16 years old? Because God can call young people. Say amen to that. God calls Samuel. Samuel had the right answer. Samuel answered, here I am. Verse 5, and he ran to Eli. (laughs) And he said, hey, uh, you called me? Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Verse 6. Again, the Lord called Samuel, or maybe Samuel, I don't know. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Now listen, this is the point where I know I can relate to the high priest Eli. Because if you've got little kids, they've come in the middle of the night and said, Mama, Daddy, did you call me? Did you need me? I got a little eight-year-old. He gets super thirsty around 10 o'clock at night. Daddy? I just just need a drink. I'm just... So the most dehydrated generation we've ever had. And I love Eli's response. He said (laughs) a little more firmly, my son, if he's from where I was from in eastern Arkansas, he'd say, get on back to bed. Go on, lay down. I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. I I didn't call you. I I, I didn't give this to you. It's not me. I don't know what you hear, but it's not me. Look into my eyes. Parents, this is not a parenting message or a parenting series, but one of the jobs that we have as parents is to say, I don't want you to be who I want you to be. I want you to hear the voice of God in your life. I don't want you to play football because I couldn't play football. Hello. Hello. I want you to be what God wants you to be. It was not I. I didn't call you, Eli said. Go back and lie down, verse 7. Now Samuel did not know the Lord. Samuel didn't know the voice of God. Samuel didn't know how to discern the voice of God. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to Samuel. As a matter of fact, this is what I want to help you with over the next four weeks. Is Some of us don't know yet how 
to hear the voice of God. And Samuel's that way. He just doesn't know how to hear the voice of God. Verse 8, so a third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went back to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me again. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, here's how, you, here's how you respond to the voice of the Lord. Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's important that you understand the posture that you receive determines the amount of word you receive. Let me say it better like this. If you're open to hear, it's amazing how much you'll hear. If you'll bring expectancy to church, it's amazing how much you'll receive from church. If you'll open your heart to the word, it's amazing how much the word will speak to you. So Eli's teaching Samuel the way I'm teaching you. Here's how you respond to God. If he calls, tell him, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there. This may be my favorite passage in the life of Samuel. That the Lord came and stood there. I'm thankful today that just because I didn't listen the first time, God didn't give up on me. I'm thankful today that just because I didn't respond in college, the Lord didn't walk away. I'm thankful today that maybe it took you two or three times or 20 or 30 times, but I love how God goes, I'll just stand here till you're ready to listen. How many of you are thankful for second chances and third chances and fourth chances and God, don't quit talking to me. Just come hang out. I'm going to get my stuff together in a moment. And the Lord came and stood. Samuel lies down and the Lord stood there calling as other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Verse 18. And the Lord said to Samuel, listen, I'm, I'm going to do something new in Israel. And I need to give you direction. Every area of your life, you need the direction of the Lord. You need the voice of God in your life. You need God to give you direction before He does it. You need God to give you direction. So many times in our life, I need a word from God. I'm just not prepared to hear His voice. And God has something to say oftentimes before you get there. And many times in my life, listen, I'll wind up in a problem and then I'll go, God, where, where, hello, where are you? <laughs> right? Oftentimes I'll get myself in a mess and I'll go, God, what happened? Where, where, did, we, where did we go wrong? <laughs> where, where did we mess up? God says, I didn't mess up. I tried to announce it beforehand. You just weren't ready to hear. I'm an announcing Dad, Any, anybody know what an announcing kind of father is? I'll tell you what it is. You Maybe you're raised in a home like this. Maybe you're this kind of dad. We have a two-story house, and the, and the back of our house, the, the back of the two-story uh, on the uh, upper level is where my kids' bedrooms are. And we have a, a kind of a small balcony. You can't really hear. And so when they were young, I'd run up the stairs, and I'd go check, and I'd go get them, and I, you know, I, just, I wanted to make sure. But now at their age, I stand at the bottom of the stairs, and I say, I'm about to come up there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm an announcing dad. Them rooms better be clean. The moment I say that, you hear this. There they run back. I'm announcing what I'm doing. 
Now, partially it's because I don't want to walk up the stairs. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Partially I'm preparing the way. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm do- Wouldn't it be great in your life if you could hear from God, hey, don't do that. Hey, don't go there. Hey, don't listen to that. Hey, don't marry him. How many of you are thinking, boy, I wish I'd have heard that a little while ago. Hey, don't do that. <laughs> Some of y'all still sitting by him. Don't do that. Hey, don't date her. Hey, hey, don't, don't, don't take that job. Hey, don't get into business with them. The truth of the matter is God is always speaking. Write it down like this. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. God doesn't have a speaking problem. I have a hearing problem. God's always speaking. God's always talking. God's always giving direction. God's always broadcasting into my life. If I'm a spirit-filled believer, there's always the counselor. There's always the spirit of truth. There's always the Holy Spirit leading and guiding me. God doesn't have a speaking problem. I have a hearing problem. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, what I'd like to call the best generation. Say amen to that, everybody. I'm actually, I was born the first year of the millennial generation, the last year of Gen X. They refer to me as a geriatric millennial anyways. I grew grew up listening to the car radio in my boombox. Do you remember this? I had my first car. When I turned 16, by the way, there's a trend to not get your license till you're like 23 or something. I don't know what that is. The day I turned 16, my mama checked me out. I already bought my car. I had a 1988 Mazda MX-6. And the chicks loved that car. Now, if you're not good looking like some of you men... If you're not tall and strapping, I only had a few things working for me, Chris. I'm funny, and the brother had a car. So I'd roll up in my 1988 Mazda MX-6, sun, roof, windows, down, and I'd be rocking to the greatest era of country music and a little neon moon. Come on, somebody. I wasn't always Holy Ghost filled. (laughs) Anyway, neon moon. Some of you don't know this. Some of you under the age of 30 don't know this. The other day, my kids, there was a new uh, series on Netflix my kid wanted us to watch, and, and it releases an episode every week, and they just were beside themselves. They couldn't binge watch the whole thing. They'd never... They'd never grown up. They'd never. It dawned on Brendan now. They had no idea. Maybe some of you have never seen this before, but this is the radio. And XM radio, you just turn it on and it's there. And it's satellite and it's always there. But the radio in my Mazda MX-6 was much like this. And I had a boombox much like this. And I would have to tune in. Y'all with me on this? And we'd turn the dials till we got right to we were. Right where we were at. And in between the radio stations, all you could hear was... Some of y'all old. Y'all getting old? <laughs> and then you'd get to the right station and you'd hear Ronnie Dunn. Come on, somebody. Was the radio the broadcaster? The radio is the receiver. Look at me. You don't have a broadcasting problem. 
We have a receiving problem. God doesn't have a speaking problem in your life. You're not, you're not unspiritual because you can't hear from God. No one else is more spiritual because they hear from God. It's just a matter of the proper tuning to receive from the Lord. And in between the tuning end, there's a lot of static. And maybe that's where you are in your life, feeling like, I don't know what to do now, and I need to hear from God. And I want to help you with that. I want to give you a couple of stations to tune into. I want to give you a way that you can hear the voice of God. I want to teach you in this foundational first week how to prepare to hear from God. Luke, the eighth chapter, flip over there in your Bible, the New Testament. Jesus is telling a parable. He's using a familiar story about a farmer. Most of his parables were agriculture. It's the culture he was speaking into. And so he's telling a parable about a farmer. Luke 8 and verse 5. I'm going to read you a lot of scripture and Unlike some parables, Jesus actually explains this parable, which is fantastic. And I want to give you four points from today's text in Luke 8 and verse 5. A farmer went out to sow his seed. and He was scattering the seed. Some fell along the path and it was trampled on. The birds ate it up. By the way, that's the devil. If you want to know... Who eats up the seed out of your life? That's the enemy. You have a spiritual enemy who will come steal the word of God from your life. Say amen to that. Some fell, verse 6, some fell on rocky ground. When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. They had no maturity. They had no fertilizing. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns. It grew up. And the thorns grew up, and it choked out the plants. Verse 8, still other seed fell on, everybody say, good soil. It came up, and it yielded a crop. Let me pause here and say, this is what I want in your life. I want you to be fruitful in every area of your life. I want you to have a fruitful marriage. I want you to have harvest in your children. I want you to have harvest in your business. I want you to have harvest in your spiritual life. I want you to have harvest in your emotional health. I want you to have harvest in your mental life. And all of that is based not on the seed. It's based on the soil. It's not, some of you are asking God, God, what's wrong with, why can't I hear from you? It's not the seed. It's the soil. And some fell on good soil. It yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. That's the blessed life, by the way. If you want to know how people live the blessed life, it's because they figure out how to get the soil of their life right. They receive the same word that you receive. They have the same opportunity that God would sow into their life. It's just a matter of how they receive it and the soil of their life. And they receive a hundredfold, a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, here's how I know this is about the word of God. He called out, whoever has ears, let them hear. God is a speaking God. You got to prepare your life. And this first week, I want to give you some preparing soil that you can receive the word of the Lord. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down anyway. The four types of hearing soils. Number one, I like to call this the contaminated ear or the contaminated soil or the contaminated heart. God speaks and it lands, but it doesn't stay there because there's stuff that 
that, that is, is contaminating. And if I threw seed all over this stage, it wouldn't produce anything. Because the soil is, there's, it's not, there, it does, there's contamination. There's something between the soil and the seed. And it doesn't allow it to take root in, and, and grow up and give me a harvest. And there's sometimes in your life you can't hear the voice of God because there's other junk in your heart. Sometimes it's sin. Sometimes it's stuff I've done. Sometimes it's not things I've done. It's things other people have done to you. Sometimes it's stuff that's happened that I'd had no control over. And I'm trying to hear the voice of God. And all of that stuff comes up in my life. It happens to me. It happened to me very recently. I was in this auditorium praying, asking for direction. Praying for you. Praying about the future. Asking God. I need to hear the voice of God in everything I do and everywhere I go. I need to hear the voice of God. I had prayed 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes I had prayed. I looked down at my clock and realized I've been praying 30 minutes and I got nothing. I hadn't heard nothing. Here I go back. And I walk when I pray, so I pace and I like to call that exercise. I don't know if God receives it, but anyway. I walk and I'm walking and I'm trying to hear 35, 45 minutes, an hour where I got nothing and I need direction. I need to hear from God. And I've spent a whole hour and all I've prayed about is something on the inside of my heart. I got pretty thick skin. As a matter of fact, one of our staff values is that if you're going to be in ministry very long, you've got to have thick skin and a soft heart. Thick skin and a soft heart. I got fairly thick skin for 23, 24 years in vocational ministry. But every once in a while, the criticism gets to me. And it had gotten to me that day. I could hear the voices of dissension and division in my head. I could hear that disunity and I I had it in my heart. I had spent an hour praying, trying to hear from God. And all I could do was pray about all that contamination in my own heart. God's word couldn't break through. Because I couldn't break it up. That's why James 1.21 says, Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the message that God has planted in your heart because it's strong enough to save you. There may need to be some stuff you resolve before you can hear from God. There may need to be some forgiveness you need to offer. There may need to be a phone call you need to make. There may need to be some sin you repent of. You may need to talk to a mentor. You may need to get... When when your life gets lighter, God's voice gets louder. When, When my heart gets lighter, God's voice gets louder. Say amen to that. You may have a contaminated heart. Number two, Luke 8, 13 says, The rocky soil, here it is again. It tells you again what kind of soil... Luke 8.13, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But, like young plants in that kind of a soil, their roots don't go very deep. They don't have deep roots. They believe for a while, and then they fall away when temptation comes, when testing comes. There's something else that competes with it. There's, it didn't go deep in their lives. There's, they received it with joy, but there's just some, the roots didn't get very deep. It had, it had a competition. Write it down like this. I call it the competing ear, the competing heart, the competing soil. There's something else in my life 
that's competing for my attention. The other day, service was over with. I was around the front of the building here, and we play music when service is over. We'll do it today. It was a little loud, and whoever was at the front talking to me, I really can't even remember who I was talking to, but I couldn't really understand what they were saying over the music. I was right up front right here, and I just couldn't understand. So I did what every honest, spirit-filled preacher does. I just agreed to whatever they said. I just smiled and said, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, God bless you too. I, listen, if it's you, I don't know what I said yes to. I'm not quite sure what I agreed to, but whatever it was you were asking, I didn't hear. And I didn't hear because you weren't correctly communicating. I didn't hear because there was competition in my ear. And sometimes in your life, it's not that God isn't speaking, it's that you got other noise. There's a competing heart. There's another voice. There's somebody else. Something else needs my attention. For me, can I confess to you? It's this. It it demands my attention. As a matter of fact, it demands my attention right now. Because all saved people immediately rid their phones of little red notifications. Four text messages. Why are y'all texting me in this service? I see there's people in this service texting me right now. Stop that. Uh, Do you know what I mean when I tell you saved people don't let red dots last? Unsaved people, heathens, nay, I say heathens, will have 3,427 unread messages. Ungodly. Untoward generation. You need to repent today. I can't let, that drives me crazy looking at it right now because I know you're in this service. I can't stand one notification. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And it competes for my attention. So I wake up in the morning with full intention to read my Bible. And there's a little red dot. Oh, God. What if they need me, God? What if they need These are your people, God. Don't let me. I got got to answer. It's not your people. It's it's my little girl. It's it's not. But but it's competing with the attention I should give to God. Instead of starting with my quiet time. Instead of starting. Here's the way I've tried it. Listen, I, I read this about phone use. That the average child in America, aged 8 to 18, spends seven and a half hours a day on a smartphone. The average American checks their smartphone 150 times a day. Once every six minutes. In the course of this message, you've checked your phone six times. There's even a physical condition called phantom vibration sensation. Have you ever felt this? When you, It's weird. I'm telling you, all something's wrong with us. You don't have your phone and you still feel the vibration. Anybody know what I'm talking about this? What's wrong with us, everybody? We're distracted. There's competition. It's not that God isn't speaking. It's that I got all these other notifications. I got all this other stuff that's competing for my attention. Are you with me? Say amen. I got to hurry. Number three, Luke 8, 14, the seed that fell among weeds stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, pleasures. Underline this phrase, and they don't mature. I called it the childish ear. It's the immaturity of my spiritual life. 
Has anybody ever tried to grow a weed? Now, before you raise your hand, I didn't say try to grow weed because some of y'all, that's, <laughs> I just saw a brother go. Let me save you from <laughs> explaining to your kids. A weed. <laughs> Nobody's ever said, I'm going to nurture this weed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to plant weeds in my yard. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do everything I can to let them grow up. I'd like to, I'd like to see <laughs> that they work. Re- when you pass somebody's house and you see their yard full of weeds, you don't think what they did. You think what they didn't do. Some stuff in your life is not what you've done. It's what you've not done. Some, I'm preaching now. Sometimes you're asking God for a word and God says, you didn't take the last 10 I gave you. Why would I give you direction now when you didn't follow the direction I gave you last time? Somebody came to me recently and said, Pastor, I need to know what to do next, but I can't hear anything. My, I'm honest before God. I looked him right in the eyes and I said, what's the last thing God told you to do? Well... He told me to stay. Then stay. If you're not obedient to the last word, you can't expect a new word. You've got to get some spiritual maturity in your life. There's got to come a point when you start growing up, when you start maturing in your life. It's not Weeds don't grow because you plant them. They grow because you neglect the good stuff. Sometimes you can't hear the voice of God because you've neglected the good stuff. The stuff God has called you to do. I don't need you to pray about new direction, about joining a small group. People asked me a couple weeks ago, we launched uh, uh, dozens of brand new small groups. By the way, do you love your small group, everybody? I I love my small group. I love it, love it, love it. I love my small group. I love it. I I, I love my, I've led a small group here for years and years and years. Always will. I love it. Somebody asked me, Pastor, I'm just praying about joining a small group. Look at me. You ain't got to pray about joining a small group. Pastor, we're praying about joining the dream team. Why? You don't have to pray about that. We're praying, Pastor, about church membership. You don't have to pray about church membership. God's given you a word already. You don't have to pray about that. You just have to act on what you know you're supposed to do. I know as a spiritually mature believer, I'm supposed to be in community. I don't have to pray, God... Do you really want me to be accountable or is it okay if I'm a lone ranger? No. You're supposed to be in a small group. God, do you really want me to serve others and make a difference in Jesus' name? Is it okay if I'm just a consumer? I really like to just receive, God. No. You're supposed to be a contributor. God saved you so you could do something. You don't have to pray about next steps. You have to take next steps. Look at me. That's maturity. That's the word of God maturing in your life. It's Brandon, I have two small kids. Come play so I can be done because I'm getting riled up. I may preach all day. I hear you, baby. I'm done. I received that. That's a spirit-filled little baby back there. (laughs) We have two little babies. Eight-year-old and 11-year-old and and uh, we've been married 23 years this June, everybody. And same woman, woman of my youth, my first wife. <laughs> Hopefully my last wife. Come on, somebody. And anyways, um, 
we had kids late in our marriage. We, we struggled with infertility for 10, almost 11 years. And then we had a baby. And so uh, once we had children, uh, there's some things that change in your relationship. Men, let me help you on this. It's not a parenting message, but let me help you on this. One of the things I learned really quickly is when my children aren't around, my wife doesn't like to be called mama. She looked at me one day early on. She said, I know your mother. I am not her. I'm their mother. When they're around, I'm mama. When it's me and you, I'd appreciate a little baby love every once in a while or sugar pie or, or just brandy is fine. Not, I'm not your mama. Sometimes we'll have the kids around for so long and then we get by ourselves and we still use baby talk. Right? We'll still talk to each other. And then we realize, what are we doing? The kids aren't here. Look at me. Sometimes God has some sophisticated conversation to have with you, but all of your prayers are baby talk. And you've never matured. Sometimes God has mature words for you. He's just waiting on you to grow up. He's just waiting on you. Hebrews 12 and 1. It says, since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, you got to get rid of everything that slows us down, sin that distracts us, and run the race that lies ahead of us. Never give up. We must focus on Jesus. I'll give you the best way to do that. You can join a small group today. You don't have to pray about it. You can join the church tonight. It's Welcome Home. It's at 5 o'clock. It's right here in the building. We have dinner and child care for you. Last an hour and a half. I teach it live. You can become a member tonight. You don't, you, there's no 12 steps. You don't have to jump through hoops. There's no secret handshake. You just say, this is, my, this is my family. I believe what they believe. I believe the doctrine of this church. I believe the vision and value. I want to make this family. Welcome to the club. You don't have to pray about being a, 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 a dream teamer and doing something with what God gave you. You can do it tonight at Welcome Home, 5 o'clock. I'll teach you what it means to be a dream team or volunteer here. God didn't give you all those gifts just for you. He called you to do something with your life. Samuel, I called you because I'm doing something through you. What Samuel didn't know at 12 years old is he would be the one who anointed the first king of Israel. God has a calling on your life. you got to mature enough to hear the voice of God and respond. Write it down like this. I'm almost done. They're playing the sad music. Maturity comes when you stop making excuses and start making changes. You just show up for welcome home. You just join a group. You get on a team. You tithe. You pray. You get up at 6 o'clock on Tuesday morning. You fast one day a week. You read your Bible every day. You get a devotion. Come on, somebody. You get in counseling. You read a book. You just grow up. And you'll be amazed at how much God will speak to you. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those, a noble and good heart, who hear the word. Listen, here, I'm going to give you the whole four weeks series. I'd love for you to come back. This is bad idea as a preacher because I want you to come back for three weeks. I'm going to give you the whole story. You can hear the word, retain the word, and if you'll persevere, you'll produce a crop. That's how you hear the voice of God. 
You hear the word. You hold on to the word. You don't give up. And you'll produce a crop. I call it the cleansed heart. The cleansed heart. The cleansed ear. The area of your life that's cleaned up. Some of you need a word from God. Close your Bibles. Look at me. Some of you need a word from God today. You need to hear from the Lord. You need direction about a job, direction about your children, direction about a church, direction about a small group, direction about your finances. What do we do next? What do we do from here? You need to open your heart. You need to open your... I don't mean repent like you're a dirty scum sinner. I just mean you may have to repent of some... God, I've let some stuff compete with your word. I can't hear you because i got all this other stuff in me. God, all I got is static, and I need, I got I to tune in. God, I, be, I believe you're always broadcast. There's always speaking. I just got to tune in so I can hear the voice of God. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you need a, a word from the Lord, would you just be bold and raise your hand and say, God, it's me. I need to hear the voice of God. Hands up all over the house. Dozens and dozens. Of, come on, raise your hand. Lord, I need, to, I need direction right now. I got a job I'm considering. I, we're raising teenagers. God, I don't know what college to go to. God, what do I do about this? Uh, God, what do we do in our marriage? God, what do we do in our finances? God, tell me I need direction. Father, you see every hand raised. And every hand is an opportunity for you to speak. So God, with my hand raised, listen, do this. God, I clean out my heart. I, I remove all that stuff out of my heart that's not like you, all that stuff that's competing, all that stuff that's contaminating my heart, all that immaturity in me. God, I open my heart to you. I need direction. I'm raising my hand saying, I, I need to hear from God. I need the voice of God. Do I move? Do we sell this house? Do I take this job offer? Do I go to that school? What am I supposed to do? So God, I just open my heart clean out all that stuff I want to be good soil God make my heart good soil make my ears cleaned out so I can hear from God you're always speaking I, I hear him right now I'm telling you I, in this prayer I feel the Holy Spirit moving through the room tapping you on the shoulder giving you clarity and direction God I thank you that you're a speaking God thank you that you lead me and guide me into all truth Thank you, you're the spirit of wisdom in my life. Thank you, you're the voice of truth in my life. God, I just received today, I hear today, I open my heart today to the voice of God. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody shouted a big amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.